there. My name is Dr. Ann, the Gritpreneur, host of Woman of Grit podcast. Today's guest in our Passion and Perseverance series is Judith Cambia Batusa, a Nigerian-born author and marketing communications professional who now lives in Greater Vancouver, British Columbia. She is also a clarity coach for female entrepreneurs, women's empowerment advocate, and host of Messy Can Stop Her podcast. Judith Obatusa not only survived domestic violence, challenges in the child welfare system, and racism in Canada, she thrived and became a domestic violence awareness and prevention advocate. The platform she created in 2016, called Broken and Race, strives to end domestic violence and the enabling culture of shame and silence by disseminating timely and relevant information to those in need. Without further ado, let's welcome Judith Cambia Obatusa to Woman of Grits. Hello and welcome to Woman of Grit podcast. How are you doing? Fine, and I'm very, very happy to be here. Judith is one of the women with whom I co-authored our book, an anthology called Woman of Grit. Warrior Women Project. I'm all about women. I was about to say women of grits, right? But Warrior Women now have grit too. We're two of 22 women who co-wrote that book. And that's how I know Judith. And I think it even transcends the book because we have stayed in touch and I call on her for help with things and she calls me too. So I usually start this episode when I have a guest with a particular question. This is our passion and perseverance series. So if you had to choose between passion and perseverance, and you could only choose one, which would you choose and why? I choose perseverance because let me give an example, like writing. If you want to write, sometimes we want to write because we have been inspired. Something has inspired us and now let me do a write. Many times when you're inspired, you don't even have time or you're not in a good position to write. But great writers tell us that you don't write because you have been inspired. You write because it's time for you to write. So they have times that they write, whether they feel like or not. And perseverance says, I keep going despite what I'm feeling, despite everything around me. And I feel that perseverance is what, when you talk about the, I know that grit in this on the woman of grit has several is g-r-i-t but the word grit in itself is perseverance it's about you surmounting odds it's about you despite the things that want you to not go forward you keep going 
It's a struggle. Yes, it is. But you keep going. Maybe you are in a marital situation that isn't working. And maybe, or maybe you're dealing with a child that's going through a tough time or your career isn't where you want it to be. Life isn't just how you want it to be. Then you keep going. And another thing I found out from life is that whenever you are sure that I'm supposed to do X, Y, Z and you start working towards it, then it's as if the negatives unleashed things to make you not do those things. For example, if maybe Anne, if a woman, the great preneur herself, if she were to tell us when she decided I'm going to have this podcast, all the challenges that came her way just so she couldn't have the podcast. Perseverance is a very, very important um, characteristic of a human being's success. And if you check all those who are successful, they say they persevered, they persevered through the odds. So that's what I choose. Absolutely, Judith. So Angela Lee Duckworth, whom I follow really closely, she wrote a book about grit and she defined grit as passion and perseverance for our meaningful long-term goals despite obstacles and setbacks. So I I totally get what you're saying. You may be passionate about something, but if you cannot persevere to achieve that goal, then ultimately once you are faced with setbacks or challenges, then you give up. So, right. I I tell my guests, there is no right answer to that question. I think in life, There are times when we're fueled by passion and then there are Mm -hmm. other times when we have to fall back on our uh, on our perseverance when the passion maybe wanes a little bit Mm -hmm. so talking about passion what is your biggest passion and why my biggest passion is empowering women women They say the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Women determine the course of society. And the challenges we have today are because women were not allowed to be. Women were, women serve, but they were not appreciated. They were beaten down, dominated, and Today, women are fighting. They are fighting to own their space, to use their voice. And that is my passion. I believe that a woman empowered is a society progressing, is a progressive society. A woman empowered can build from the ashes. A woman empowered cannot be stopped by the odds. So it's important that women are able to use the voice they've been given. We all have a voice. And another thing that women have is this thing called instinct. When a woman is beaten down, her instinct for decision-making is affected. Mm -hmm. She's not able to make decisions that she ought to make. She makes decisions and she second guesses herself because she doesn't have confidence in her own abilities. But a woman that is empowered knows who she is. She knows what she doesn't like. She knows what she likes. A woman that is empowered determines how people treat her. And for me, you know, when I talk about women empowerment, domestic violence is a major part of my my work. 
I'm a domestic violence activist. I'm a peer advocate to help others know about domestic violence and prevent it in their relationships. I want families to have healthy relationships so that the children are given the opportunity to be all they're meant to be because a broken relationship impacts children and that impacts generations. So women empowerment is something that I'm really, really passionate about. And I'm doing stuff about it. I have Broken and Braced. It's a domestic violence initiative that I started in 2016. It's online, it's on Facebook. I had one uh, community engagement opportunities like workshops. I did have one big one. And prior to me starting Broken and Braced, I've worked, I supported the initiative for neighbors, friends, and family in um, a nonprofit called Multicultural Council of Windsor and Essex County. That was the first time I was a peer advocate. They called us community champions. So you develop your program, you develop what you want to do. And I went to churches. The faith community is very important to me because Many people claim that Christianity allows domestic violence, which is not true. So I was doing some engagement in that area. And I later worked with the Ontario Council of Agencies serving immigrants because the Neighbors, Friends and Family Program, the uh, refugee, um, Immigrant Refugee and Citizenship Canada was, mm -hmm. was very passionate about making sure that immigrant families have good relationship because it was impacting their immigration um, outcomes. So that is something that is still part of what I do. And that's also coming up. The women empowerment thing is also coming up in my podcasting as well. So in a, in a kind of way, our missions, our passions are similar. I say, I emit E-M-I-T, which is I empower, I mm -hmm. motivate, I inspire and I teach. And the reason why is because depending on where a person is in their life, sometimes people need to be motivated. Mm -hmm. Others need to be empowered. Others need to be inspired yet. Mm -hmm. And for some, they just need to learn certain skills and tools to put it all together. So in a way, we are both similar because I empower women to get their grit back, which is by finding their voice, reclaiming their power, and then transforming their lives, transforming into women of grit. So excellent. Um, moving right along to the next thing I want to talk about with you. So before you go to that, I just want to right. tell you that I'm going to, I'm going to steal the acronym because she, the great printer is the acronym lady. She, acro, she acronymizes everything. You got <laughs> that right. And you know why? Because when I was in medical school, there was a ton of information you have to learn in a really short time. It's like a mnemonic. It's a memory uh, trick mm -hmm. to help you remember. So mm -hmm. by having acronyms, when I'm on stage speaking, the acronym makes sure I remember. So the GRIT, growth mindset, I've expanded it to mean grace to grow a growth mindset, restraint, which is also self-mastery, uh -huh. introspection, which is looking uh -huh. inwards, and 
uh, transformation, which is what we want. We want to constantly transform ourselves, trying to achieve our best selves. From the bio that the listeners have heard, you've been through some challenges. So what has been one of your biggest challenges in your life so far? The biggest challenge of my life has been the troubles with love. And for me, that is not just about a marital relationship because I talk about domestic violence a lot. But the most painful challenge of my life has been challenges with my children. Mm. Because with your children, they came out of you. You nurse them. When you have a spouse that is acting badly, they didn't, you didn't nurse them. You met them as adults. Mm-hmm. You're talking of this child that was so cute that you loved so much and you still love. Making choices, going through hard times that is not their fault. For example, my son encountering being mistreated because of racism and that completely derailing the plans that we had for him. And poor child now has to struggle, come back because of a system that stigmatized you Mm -hmm. and disempowered you because of the color of your skin. And the fact that the challenge that you're going through Even people that share your skin color will blame you. They don't do that to me. They don't do that to me. What do you do that makes them do that to your child? Mm -hmm. If it is me, this is what I will do. Mm -hmm. You know, that judgment and the long-term effects of that is the most difficult challenge I have ever gone through in my life. And that challenge has made me the woman that I am. That challenge has taught me that love is, an, is not just a word that we use. We don't love people because they're our family. Yeah. We love. Love is you going through a hard time with the loved and still loving on them. It's a hard thing to love, especially your children who are struggling. Mm-hmm. They can be so mean and cruel because they are struggling and they don't know how to express themselves. We're talking of children whose brains are still growing. Right, right. I was a new immigrant to a country that I was, I didn't know their culture. And I was like a sheep left to flounder, just lost in the ocean of the problems, the racism, the rejection of who I was. And even when I speak up, who am I? I am the angry black woman. Well, I now own that. I now own it. Angry black woman. I am the angry black woman. If you deserve to see my anger, I'll give it to you. I won't be shamed because I am angry at injustice. So that's the, the, the challenge was a challenge, but this challenge has made me who I am. It has improved my life. It has helped me where I can be a help to someone else. And today I I am determined to help other families who are settling in North America, immigrants, to not go through what I've gone through because I did not need to go through that if I knew my rights. And if you're a listener on this podcast, 
and you are experiencing the effects of racism, especially as regards your children. You don't have to go through it alone. Even if you have a family that's not supporting you, there are people who will support you. There are people who will listen to you. Like I had a white friend, she was white. She used her links, all people she knew, emailed people she just met. Fought for me to have my child. Fought for my child, went to school with me at meetings. And that made a whole lot of difference. There are people who are allies. There are organizations where you can meet people. Even in the child welfare system, I had people who helped me, who empowered me, and they were working in the child welfare system. So there's always good, even in the bad. And that's all I'm going to tell you. If you're going through, have faith that all things are working together for your good. That's my best scripture. That's the scripture that took me through all these years. Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I love God. So I know that bad things, sad things, bad things, they are working together for my good. And if if you're in that shoe, that's also your story. It's going to be fine. So I'm going to come back to some of the things you said, because in a a little later on, we'll talk about some of the tools and resources that helped you. But what I heard from what you just shared, allyship is so important. Your faith was really important. So I'm I'm not going to expand on those because we're going to talk a little bit about um, resources and tools. Mm -hmm. As parents, as mothers, what you just described is a mother's greatest joy and could also be her greatest pain. You know, my son just had surgery and he has a six to nine month rehab ahead of him. In fact, two days after surgery, he had surgery on Wednesday and on Friday, we had PT. So he had his first physical therapy, one down, 99 sessions to go. And one of the things I told them, you know, mothers, if we could walk in their shoes for them, we would. One of the things I told them, I said, son, I cannot rehab for you. You have to rehab yourself. I cannot do the exercises on my leg and hope it helps you you have to do the exercise yourself. So Mm -hmm. sometimes it can be frustrating, but hopefully in that challenge, they grow. Mm -hmm. There is progress. There Mm -hmm. is a lesson. And I tell him, I said, I cannot tell you why this happened to you. However, I am sure that the person who comes out in 16 weeks Uh is not the same young man who went in. And Uh I am, I cannot wait to see the young man that emerges on the other Uh side of this struggle. So how do you stay motivated to keep going and not give up? Oh my strongest motivation that I have is my faith. Mm. My faith is the reason I'm still here. My faith is the only, is the major reason. And that faith 
is the one that opened doors for me. Now, there are people who are not Christians like me who don't believe in what I believe, but they do believe in something that we all believe. That's some of us who have faith believe, which is your thinking, what you're saying about your situation can change your outcome and it can also make you stay longest in that situation. And when I say stay longest, some of us were going through challenges that have taken years. It's not because you didn't say the right thing, just because I have been in this situation for over a decade. And, but I'm not the woman I used to be. So that scripture of Romans 8.28, the day my challenges started, that word was what the Lord gave me in my heart when I was wondering what was coming. I didn't know where, what was, how it was, that I was going to still be in this situation 10 years after. But every day that scripture, all things work together for good has been the scripture that I hold on to. So my faith through the word of God, through reading my Bible, and I'm going to give a shout out to somebody who, who God used to help me. I've, only, I've been a Christian for so many decades, but in the deepest, darkest time in my life, I started to listen to Joel Austin, mm. Lakewood. Lakewood. Some days I listened to Joel Austin two times during the day just to keep my heart on what is positive so that I don't drown in what is negative. So sometimes the inside of you, there are negatives pulling you down. But I knew that if I stayed in despondency, I would kill myself, even though I'm a Christian. So I started to listen to the things that will remind me of what God's word says about me. Remind me about who I am. Remind me that I am not my problem. I am only going through your problem. If you're in a situation that is hard, you are going through. Is a path, they, sometimes they use the phrase passing fancy. Is a passing fight. Is a passing situation. No matter how long it takes, you can't end here if you refuse to. You know, change requires our agreement. We need to agree with change. We also need to agree with staying in problem. I said, I don't know. I couldn't agree to stay in problem because I knew I was, I was made for more. Mm -hmm. And this wasn't why God opened the door for me to move to Canada. I did not come to Canada. I came as a skilled immigrant. I had my permanent residency before I came to this country. That wasn't why God did it. God doesn't do bad things. But there's something good in it. And at a point, I said, another thing that motivated me was there must be more to this. God can't just let me go through challenges for nothing. There must be a learning in this. There must be something that, you know, you know how you enter and then at the other side, you come out in right. a particular way. There must be something I'm supposed to learn in the tunnel so that at the end, I'll come out being there. So those thoughts helped me and listening to God's word and their music. I'm a worship minister. So I would play worship songs to lift my spirit. Because there were days that I, all I, would, I would have loved to just stay in the house and cry all day. But right. if I cried from here to tomorrow, will it change my matter? 
No. no. So I had to keep showing up. Faith without works. And, you know, I guess faith <laughs> is belief in the unseen unknown, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. one of the things that I, you talk about the, the negative influences. I have not watched TV in about three years. And I made that conscious decision. And not only have I not watched TV, I don't even turn it on. I have a TV in my room, I don't turn it on. The reason being that even if you're not sitting down and listening, the chatter from the TV seeps into your subconscious. The chatter mm. from the TV seeps into you. And that affects how your psyche, it affects your mental health. You know, bad news, sensational news is what sells. Before I, I stopped, before I stopped watching TV, I stopped listening to Fox because I was just like, I cannot listen to the national Fox uh, 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 TV. But then after a while, even CNN, I'm like, oh my gosh, how many times are you going to play this sad, depressing thing, story? And I am of the mind that I need actionable information. If it's not something that I have to act on, then I don't want to know. Tell me when I have to evacuate town. You know, tell me when the hurricane is coming. <laughs> if there's a hurricane somewhere and I can help with donations or something else, then I will go ahead and, and do that. But constantly just the same thing. And I don't know what I can do. I can't really do anything. I just decided that what I feed my mind, my uh -huh. subconscious, I really have to be mindful. I'm going to ask you about some of the resources and tools you use that helped you overcome your challenges. Your faith is a big one. And you also talked about allyship. She went to school with you Every to some of those meetings in a system that you were not familiar with. And mm -hmm. definitely you needed an advocate. Okay, there's something I want to say about, there are two things you said that I just want to stick to. The issue of allyship. If you're maybe someone who is supporting someone who, who is listening to this podcast, my friend, Lisa Rafu, God bless her. She went with me to meetings, not necessarily to talk. Many times she just sat and listened. But because the white people saw a white person sticking up, standing with me, they could not exhibit those terrible things they would do and say to me when I was alone. They couldn't record whatever they liked because they meet with you, they write all these things about you and you never get to read it. But people determine what they would do to your child and to you by reading those things. But by her being there, I had someone who was a witness. I remember going to a meeting and the person was talking down at me. And 
my friend didn't say anything, but somewhere in the middle of the conversation, I told the person, I do not like the way you're talking to me. And we, we swung back that conversation. And the person began to talk to me like I'm on the same level. You're talking about my child. Right. So I, no matter what the government has given you as a designation, God gave me my child. Canada didn't give me my child. So you cannot. And the thing was that I don't do any of the things that they could use against me. Right. So if you do, if you, if you drink, it could be used against you. If you party, it could be used against you. If you do drugs, it could be used against you. If you were in a relationship where there was abuse, it can and will be used against you. But I, they couldn't, there was nothing to use against me. And another thing that I did to help me was there's a fear that we have and that, that people are going to judge us. And we have feel shame that we're going through a challenge, whether marital, divorce, I'm too single, I've been single for so long, I'm a single mom, all those kind of, there are different things, or I don't have a job, different things that make you scared. I knew that if I stayed in fear, I would never come out to live the life I had. So I was always showing up. I was always showing up. I was on parent council. I was in community organizations doing things for the community. I didn't stop my life because life wasn't perfect. People judged me. People, some people tried to mistreat me. People made snarky comments. But you see what? If I died, they would still say whatever they like to say. But this is my life. This is my one life to live. I get to choose. Your situation should not choose your life. You have a challenge. That's not who you are. It's just a challenge, the challenge that you have. That's not who you are. It's not the essence of your being. You have, you have, so we have a choice in the matter. Right. We have a choice in how we show up. We have a choice in how we relate to people. If, if a relationship hurts you, like there are people that when you talk to, they start telling you how their lives are better, how it's your fault. Cut them off because you want to think positively. The way out of the darkness is to flood your mind with light. Right. Light is positivity. So you have a choice to listen to positive information. Even your music should be empowering. It should be elevating to your spirit. Those are the things I did. And any play, like I mentioned before, anywhere I'm going to go and they will dampen me, my heart, don't go. Even if it's your family member's house, stop going there. That's what I did. Then reading books. Okay, this year, something phenomenal happened to me. I talk about this everywhere, my great printer. Right. Everywhere I go, I talk about this. Meditation. You know, all these years, people say self-care. Some people actually tell me, oh, Judith, you should take a drink. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do any of those things. And I told the person, if I start taking a drink, I will be a blush because I can't stop. Because when will the problem end? If I start drinking now, I've been right. in the problem now for 10 years. If exactly. I started drinking 10 years ago, you can imagine what would have happened. <laughs> drinking isn't going to solve my problem. I need my right. brain. I need my life working. When people were telling me about self-care, I didn't know what self-care meant. 
Many times people use that word self-care and we all think it's going to a spa. Like when I mentioned it to someone just yesterday, I was like, how do you take care of yourself? She said, no, 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 I don't believe in self-care. I don't like that word. Yeah, I've spent thousands on spa. People say self-care is going to have your back. I mean, meanwhile, it's just simple hygiene. I said, no, self-care can be just having your bath. Self-care, you can go to your bath. Like a woman I know, she meditates in her bath. Her bath time is her time for herself. herself because when right. you're in the bathroom, you don't have children there. You can turn it into what you will. And this is what I learned. Your breath work. That was what I learned in meditation. January, somebody took time out to teach me what meditation was. Because I used to think that meditation was occultic. It was negative spiritual. You chant and you moan. and you. Then I found that I wasn't. Right. I'm reading... There's a book I'm reading. Um, the body keeps the score. Oh my gosh, I have that. I even yeah. have the workbook. Studies are mm. showing that the large muscles of the body store memory of the trauma. trauma. And mm -hmm. in African culture, in native cultures, mm -hmm. we dance. And part of that dancing, the movement of the large muscles, mm. muscle groups, is a way to handle trauma. It's a mm. way to disperse trauma. So a lot of the traditional dancing that we do helps dissipate some of the struggles. You know, enslaved people, did a lot of singing and dancing. And I really think that is what helped to preserve them long enough to bear children that are in America and in the diaspora today. Mm -hmm. So I heard allyship resources, allyship, your faith, sharing your burden with really trusted people. There's a saying that a burden shared is a burden halved. You also talked about not stopping living even when life is not perfect, mm -hmm. finding positive information, mm -hmm. meditation, breath work, mm -hmm breath work yeah self-care and books mm -hmm. and you mentioned the body keeps score saying no is self-care and you can share this with your friend who thinks you have to go to a spa <laughs> saying taking time and doing absolutely nothing taking time for yourself and just hearing yourself think those are all things that contribute to self-care caring for yourself can basically just means caring for yourself and i think the listeners have gotten so many resources tools from you you we don't wait for the challenge to be over mm -hmm. don't wait for everything to be perfect you mm -hmm. work through the struggle
Today in episode 11 of Woman of Great podcast in our Passion and Perseverance series, I had part one of a conversation with author, podcaster, domestic violence advocate, and clarity coach for female entrepreneurs, Judith Cambia Obatusa. Please listen to part two of this stimulating conversation in episode 12, which is available now. Thank you for joining us. Please visit DrArn.com for more information about Dr. Arn, Woman of Grit podcast, to follow links to Dr. Arn's social media, and to shop Gritpreneur apparel merchandise. If you love this episode, kindly subscribe, rate, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on your preferred listening platform. See you in episode 12. And as always, remain ever grateful and never quit as you find your voice, reclaim your power, and transform your life. Bye.